Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United and football. I'm your host Matthew and this is talking about Manchester United's 3-0 win away in the Premier League against Tottenham. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting events occurring today. Um, I actually have a bit more to say about the opposition than usual. Usually I, I, I don't really pay that much attention to the opposition if somebody does something specific on their team. Then I'll mention it, but I've got something to uh, a few things to say about Sun, Kane, and uh, Tottenham themselves. This was a kind of a conflicting game to watch because you got to look at this in two in in two different ways. If Oli wins this game in the next two or the next five or the next ten, right? Obviously, he keeps his job. You got to ask the question. Okay, if he loses, if he loses the game today, does he get sacked? Maybe. If he then loses the, ne- the next game against At- Atlanta, does he get sacked? Maybe. If he then loses against Manchester City after that, does he get sacked? Maybe. We we don't know the answers to that. Obviously, he won't be sacked tonight because he's just beaten Tottenham three nil. Um, I just want a fresh start with a fresh manager, fresh ideas, different team selections. I I just want a new era of Manchester United that's that's what I want and so you, you could be fair to to ask me you know okay did you want your team to lose today no not really I don't really want us to start dramatically falling down the table because that's what was starting to happen I was looking at the league table last weekend against Liverpool and saying you know these teams are I think there was three or four teams that were like one point behind us and I was like look if we keep losing the other teams keep winning naturally and mathematically will start falling down the table now i don't want us to start falling to 15th 16th 17th whatever or 10th or 8th or whatever the case may be i mean we were at 8th before this game i haven't checked where we are now but i think you get the point um but it's you got to ask a different question to that in terms of like you've got to it's it's awkward because you've got to just look at it in terms of okay if we start like if we keep this inconsistent run of form, which is where we win three, draw two, lose five, win three, lose five, draw three, you know, it's all over the place. As opposed to like three wins, two draws, two wins, you know, a bit more of a consistent basis. Um, I, I'll answer that question in a different way. Did I want us to lose? No, I wanted us to win under a fresh new manager with different ideas, different coaching, different team selections. That's that's what I wanted to happen. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen today because you're not going to sack the manager on the day before the game, or the day before, or, or whatever. He should have been sacked on either Sunday night or Monday morning. There was a lot of talk of uh, Conte coming in, uh, Antonio Conte, who of course used to manage Chelsea. I think he's been into Milan, and uh, he's he's won quite a few things. The other interesting part to that connects to this formation. Uh, some people have labelled it as three five two. Some people have labelled it as five three two. It's sort of three four one two because you've got five, sorry, three centre backs, four in the midfield, one in front of them, and then two strikers. Whether you want to call it three four one two five three two, whatever you want, it's the same kind of outcome. I mean, that formation changes depending on whether in defence or attack. If you're in the attack, it's three five two. If you're in defence, it's five uh, three two. So it's it's just the case of whether the wing backs are part of the midfield or part of the defence. So 
Um, two funny kind of points to put onto that. I've heard from a lot of people this week that that's the formation that Conte uses. So that's really weird that Ole picked it this week. He picked it after there was tons of talk about him being replaced with a manager who uses that type of formation. That is, uh, that's really strange. That's really, really weird. Uh, second of all, we don't ever play with this formation. Maybe once or twice in the last two years, but it's for 95% of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's games, it's been 4-2-3-1, like we used to. Four defenders, two pivot players, two wide players, one player beyond the striker, and then the striker, 4-2, yeah, 4-2-3-1. I don't like this formation. I don't like this five at the back thing. It just shows, I mean, we won with it. And the only part I like about this formation, which you could easily do with another formation, I do like the front three. I do, I have to admit, I do really like that. Not just because Ronaldo and Cavani scored, but I've been saying for some time, probably since Ronaldo got here actually, I don't want Greenwood pushed out wide to the left or the right. And if you're going with just one up front, which you usually do, you're then either pushing Cavani or Ronaldo out of the team. And I think today proved that having both of them really works quite well. You can't do it week in, week out for 90 minutes a week because they're both like over 30. But obviously that's what substitutions and rotation are for. But our manager isn't very good at doing either of those two things. So, yeah. Um, but I... See, I like that front three of having basically just having two strikers and then Bruno in the same position as he was before. It's just one little change from having one striker and then Bruno behind that striker. You basically move another player from somewhere else and then you put two strikers up there with Bruno in the same position. I do not like playing with three centre-backs. It just shows, um, I think, a nervousness in terms of attacking. And in terms of... And when we played with a back seven, really, because of Fred and McTominay. And even, even if it's the case, let's look at this formation and say... Let's say he picks the same five in defence, right? And then you put... Let's say you then put Pogba, Van der Beek and Bruno, right? So you've got more creativity in the midfield as opposed to Fred and McTominay. You take Fred and McTominay out, you put Fred and... Not Fred. Uh, Pogba and... Uh, uh, Van der Beek with Bruno in front of them. So Bruno's still at 10. And then Pogba and Van der Beek would be the two in the middle. I still just don't like playing with three centre-backs. Uh, I, I, just, I just don't like it. I just think it's too defensive. Um, any, I'll, put, I'll point out this way. Any formation that's got four at the back. So two centre-backs. And then the two strikers with midfielders behind them. And then wingers. I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, pretty much. You could even do like a 4-2-2-2 two, two, two with that. Where you don't have somebody necessarily at 10. But then you still have two midfielders. You've still got then two wide players. And you've got two strikers. Hence the 2-2-2. Two, two, two. So that's one other uh, alternative that I like. One other one which is more of a defensive version of that. Is just 4-4-2. Four, 4-4-3 four, um, Four three three doesn't work the same way because then you've still got one striker. So any striker basically that's got four at the back, two wide players, and two strikers, I I like. You could even do four one two one two, that works as well. Um, then basically you're switching the other two in your 
flipping them around so that they're one's at the back, one's at the front instead of side by side. Um, so yeah, there we go. Um, a couple of observations about Tottenham themselves. Um, so this is this is the reason. This comes down to the reason why I think we actually won today. I wasn't actually prepared for how bad Tottenham were going to be. I thought they were going to be slightly better than that. That's not to do with their 6-1 uh, win against us before, which was what last was that last season? I think that was last season in uh September or something. I think that's when that happened. Um you take Kane and Son out of that team, they got nothing. They got nothing. You even just take Kane out of that team, they got nothing. You take Son out of that team and they haven't got very much. Kane um, looks completely uninterested, like he doesn't want to be there, because he was pretty much wanting to go to Man City this summer, wasn't he? Uh, doesn't look like he wanted to put in the effort, and I don't really blame him. It was because of Daniel, I think Levy is his name. Uh, I think he's the owner of uh, of Tottenham. Sorry if I'm mistaken with that, but I, th- I think that's his role. Um, Son looks pretty good still, but I think they should both just, just leave. Um, they could either go to Man-, Man City or be a part of the Newcastle rebuild that's going to happen. Or they could... I- I'd take them at Man United. I think they're both great players. Kane, I think, can be slightly inconsistent, but I do like Son quite a lot. I don't know where we'd play him, but I'd I'd take him at Manchester United. I wouldn't take any of their other players. Not a single one of them. Uh, Deli Ali, I don't like. Lucas Moore is alright, but he's... Eh. Um, Son's better. So... I just, uh, yeah, and you look at where they're defended. They had this guy called, uh, well, they, had, they had Eric Dyer and Romero, who I've never seen before. I just think they didn't defend very well against us, and that's why we were able to score. I don't think this is in any way, shape, or form like Ollie's back or Ollie tactically outmastered Nuno. I don't think Nuno's really suited for Tottenham either. I think he's probably going to end up going. He'll probably get sacked before Ollie does. Um,. Yeah, I, I think with Tottenham, it's just a mismatch situation where they've got a manager that doesn't really suit their team. I mean, we kind of have as well. And they've got two good players. Um, you look at that as compared to... Okay, yeah, we've got Fred McTominay. They're a problem. Lindelof's a problem. This formation's weird. But we've still got the likes of Cavani, Ronaldo, you know, Bruno, Varane. Wampasaka was all right, sure. Uh, and then obviously the players from the bench. So uh, who came on today? It was Matic... Lingard obviously came on, and uh, hang on, I can just look actually. And uh, Rashford, of course, who, who came on and scored, who I like as well. But yeah, that, that, that's the reason I think that we beat Tottenham. They've got two good players. The rest of their team's really bad. Uh, we, we we might as well have just played Norwich. That this to to me. If you take out Kane and Son from Tottenham and put two other players that aren't as good in there um, you might as well be playing Norwich I'm not saying Tottenham are better than Norwich but this performance from Tottenham because I don't really watch like Tottenham play or, or whatever I see bits and pieces of other games I see highlights on YouTube and stuff but I don't really sit down and watch like 90 minutes of, of other games too often sometimes I do like the Chelsea Man City Champions League final the Leicester Chelsea FA Cup final. I watch games like that. Um, but no, you take Kane and Son out of that team. 
yeah, you might as well just be playing like West Brom or Norwich or like somebody like that. I don't know. That's that's just my observation. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Loris is pretty good. Loris is pretty good as well. Uh, so maybe three players. But um, I just think this was a case where we changed things up a little bit. It was slightly fresh. And I think our front three had a really good game. Outclassed their defence. There's There's two other sort of more... Not really tactical things. There's two other sort of team setup reasons that we beat Tottenham. One of which because we put about seven bricks in front of our goal, so Tottenham couldn't get through to it. Because like we had about seven at the back, and they had like three attacking us. So numbers wise, you're just not going to get the ball past that. It's this this ain't parking the bus. This is like covering your goal with bricks, you know, and then putting a bus in front of it, I suppose. <laughs> so. um yeah, and then it was a case where because they were so bad in de- in defence and we had the likes of Ronaldo, Bruno and Cavani who were easily able to get past them and then obviously Rashford in the end as well. That's why I think that we beat Tottenham. I don't think it was anything tactical. I don't think Ollie's back at the wheel or, or, or whatever you want to say. Uh, I'm definitely not Ollie in. I'm still very much Ollie out. Um, but this kind of, yeah, it's good to beat Tottenham. You know, it's good. It's good to win. It's good to not continue falling down the table. It's good to get the points. This kind of just keeps Ollie in the job longer and keeps this. It, it keeps this um, inconsistency going. Like, are we going to beat Atalanta? I have no idea. Are we going to beat Manchester City? I have no idea. I don't really know where Manchester United are at in terms of a, a football club. Um, but that's that's that goes back to my earlier point of if we sat the manager and the coaching staff and just had a fresh start because we, to, in my opinion, I've said I think I've said this lot on the last couple of episodes. We've got a squad that is ready and begging for a new manager with new ideas, because the te- this team is ready in terms of the players. This team is ready for new instructions, basically. Um, but yeah, that's that's just my kind of observations and and whatnot. Uh, let's get to the uh, actual goals themselves. Uh, some quite good ones, actually. At least the goals were entertaining to watch. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, brilliant cross into Ronaldo and a very, very good Cristiano Ronaldo goal. That's what I'm talking about. When you've got Cavani and Ronaldo up front, yeah, you're not going to have tons of pace, but you are going to have two very clinical strikers up front. And the point for me of having... See, th- this is for me what some an idea I why I like this idea. We've got very creative midfield options. Bruno Fernandes, Paul Pogba, Donny van der Beek, right? Very creative. I know he doesn't use Donny and obviously Pogba was suspended, but forget about that for a second. We've got we, we've got the capability to have a very creative midfield, right? So if you put a, a combination of those midfielders next to preferably Matic, so if you had like a combination of Bruno and Donny or Pogba, so two of the three and then... At holding midfielder, so Matic, and then you put, um, or at least some combination of that, and then you put Ronaldo and, and uh, Cavani in front of them. I like that idea. Plus, then hopefully in some future formation or whatever, you've also got two wide players that you could use as well. Obviously, in this situation, we had Shaw and well, Masaka as the wing backs. But my point with that is, and why I like that idea. If you use that creative midfield to service those two strikers, you will get goals. And I think that's also what happened, combined with a very bad Tottenham defence. That's that's basically what happened. Um, 
So yeah, if you keep whipping crosses into the box for Cavani and Ronaldo, they might miss a couple of chances. Cavani missed a couple of headers, almost went in. Just a bit too much spin on the ball. You will get goals. You will get goals if you do that. I refuse to believe that you won't. Um, you know, you got, why, why are players with creative midfielders servicing these two strikers or a Greenwood, you know, or Rashford in certain situations? That's where rotation can come into things. Um... That's what I th- that's an idea that I think that works. But what I don't want is three centre backs within that combination, which is what we had today. So there you go. Uh, but a good goal from Ronaldo. It's it's the type of goal that you'll get if you give Ronaldo the ball in a good situation. It's to me, it's kind of as simple as that. Maybe I'm looking at that the wrong way or the right way. I'm not sure, but uh, that's the way I see things. Then Cavani scored. So I I I think the the type of goals that we got just proves towards what I've just said. And what I've been saying for the last two or three games, which is stop playing one up front, start playing two, and give those strikers some service. And I think we we definitely saw that today. Uh, then Cavani scored. Um, Bruno sort of won the ball back. Uh, little, um, I'm not sure what the skill move is called. It's where he used his right foot to kind of like move the ball to his, to his left side. I, I can't remember what that thing is called. Um... Did that to get past the defender. Threw a ball to Gavani. The stri- strikers servicing them themselves as well. As well as the help of Bruno. Ball through to Gavani. Again, clinical striker in dangerous situation. 90% of the time equals a goal. Not all of the time. As I said, you know, Gavani missed a couple of headers. Ronaldo could have maybe scored some more goals or something like that. But um, if you give these strikers enough service. And they're both clinical strikers. They will score. It's just... It's 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 pretty simple, and they don't have to be Ronaldo or Cavani. If I'm I'm sure today if Kane got some decent service, or Son got some good service. I know Son's not a striker, but he's still pretty clinical. If Tottenham had found a way today to give Kane more chances, because I can't remember a single shot that Kane even had, or Son actually Son did have a chance in front of goal. He just sort of miskicked it. Um. I'm sure if Tottenham had given Kane some chances to score, he would have probably at least done pretty well with them, but they gave him nothing. And that's been some of the problem with our midfield. When you continue picking McFred and... Uh, I, I almost said McFred and McTominay. When you pick Fred and McTominay, right, constantly every week, and they don't give you any creative service going forward because that's not the type of players they are, and then you strand... Bruno and usually Ronaldo on their own, you're not going to get goals in the same way. Um, so, because then you're then you're just starving your crit, your finishers of of service. So, um, then Ronaldo, uh, sorry, uh, what was his name? Rashford, excuse me, uh, came on for Ronaldo. Seventy first minute, not bad timed. Little bit late maybe, but not bad timed. Um, it's a good sub. It's one I possibly would have made. Um, and he came on and scored, so that was all right. I uh, don't know if Ronaldo requested to come off or Oli just uh, happened to make some earlier subs, but that was good. Uh, then Matic did. This is where I started laughing a little bit, admittedly. Then uh, Matic came on for Bruno, so you're two n- <laughs> so you're two nil up against a Spurs team that can't really create anything. I think that was obvious to all of us, and then you decide. Not only have I got five defenders at the back, right, and Fred and McTominay, who are both being used in defensive roles, I'm then going to take off. <laughs> I'm then going to take off 
um, one of the attacking players, so Bruno, and bring on another CDM. <laughs> bring on another CDM. It's like you've already got Brooks covering your goals. You've already got a bus in front of the goal. <laughs> and now you're trying to like put another bus. I, I, I found that hilarious. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's like, why are you so scared? Why are you so scared? <laughs> Ollie. Um... And you've got, uh, if you wanted to bring Bruno off, Donny's sitting there. It's like, oh, this is one of those situations where if I don't laugh, I'll cry. So I have to laugh. <laughs> You're tuning up against a Spurs, a Spurs team that's given their create their attackers nothing. You've got five. You've got five at the back, and then you decide you need three defensive. Players. Players in front of the back five. Oh dear. <laughs> oh god. Like you, yeah. You don't need. Oh dear, I can't believe how much I'm laughing. Um, you don't need any more defenders. Surprised you didn't bring Ronaldo and off and put Bailey on or something. <laughs> oh god, that made me laugh at the time. Uh, I'm laughing more now than what I was then. Uh, but um, that just that made me laugh. So, but I felt okay laughing because we were winning. I just thought that was really funny, really, really funny. Like, why do you need another? Why do you need another s- defensive midfielder on when you're two 0 up and you've got s- seven defensive players on? Oh dear! Don't forget the goalkeepers also there as well. So, um, I've never laughed that much at a substitution before. Ah oh, dear. <laughs> um, but yeah, Matic came on for Bruno. So correct me if I'm wrong. So at that point, you've got the goalkeeper, who's also a defensive player. You've got five at the back still. Then you've got Fred and McTominay sitting in front of them, and you've got Matic next to them. So are you playing a five-three? You're play. You're then playing with five, six, eight defensive players. Nine, if you include the goal. You can't really include the goalkeeper. They're always going to be there. Five, six, eight, eight defenders on the pitch when you two nil up. I get parking the bus if you want to see out a win, but goodness me, you got a lot of. You're you're parking a lot of buses and you 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 you're you're just you're just trying to cover the goal. Uh, then he um, it was a seventy six minute, so a little bit late. Uh, and then he brings on Lingard for uh, Cavani. So, again, no Donny. But uh, did did we really expect Donny van der Beek to be brought on? Does does Donny van der Beek expect to be used? I feel like with Donny van der Beek... And he, not not just Donny as well. Bailey, Tellez, maybe Sancho you could argue for. Diallo. Uh, Mata. When was the last time we saw Mata in this team? Uh, who else is on this bench? Uh, Martial wasn't in the team today. Um... Uh, yeah, so players he doesn't use very much that are on the bench, right? Bailey, Delo, Lingard, not too much, although I'm fine with that. Uh, Matic, he should use a bit more, did bring him on. Van der Beek and Sancho. Sancho struggling to kind of get into this team. Again, because Rashford's back and he sort of doesn't know how to handle it. Obviously, no Pogbury got sent off. Uh, no, wait, was Matter on the bench? No, no Matter or Martial. I'm not sure if Matter's injured or what. Actually, I should check that. Uh, so it says missing players, uh, thigh injury Diallo, 
lacking match fitness Martial and red card Pogba. So, uh, yeah. But they're still on that bench. One, two, three. At least three, you could argue, four players he doesn't use very much. Because he does use Matic now and again. Um, But yeah, Sancho starting to find his way out of the team. Van der Beek never gets used. Delo never gets used. Uh, Tellers wasn't even on the bench. Wait, why wasn't Tellers anywhere to be seen? He's not in the injured list either. Not sure. And then Eric Bailey, who he always picks Lindelof over, which always frustrates me. Uh, Yeah, so anyway, that happened. Um, Yeah, so so I was laughing too much and lost concentration. And then, uh, yeah, so Lingard came on for Cavani. Fine, whatever. Uh, it's in the 82nd minute. And then um, Matic gives a full th- through ball sorry, to Rashford for uh, another just goal because Tottenham can't defend. So um, I just I can't stop thinking about the Matic sub. <laughs> Using like eight defenders when you're 2-0 down. Anyway, um, yeah, and that was that was pretty much the game. Did get a few bookings. Sean Maguire got booked. Fred got booked. I have a question, by the way. I have two questions, actually. What is Carrick listening to on the bench? Because the camera cuts over to the managers and the bench now and again to get their reactions from different events, I assume. And whenever they cut over to Ollie, Carrick's usually sitting next to him. I don't know where uh, McKenna or, or Phelan are. I'm assuming they're somewhere else on the bench. Sometimes you see Mike Phelan there as well. Uh, or is it McKenna? No, I think it's Mike Phelan. Um, but usually Carrick's sitting right next to uh, Ollie. Carrick has always got his earphones in. I don't know if he's listening to music. Maybe he's got like... Y- y- you never know. I- I'm assuming he's not listening to commentary for the game because he doesn't need to, right? He could be listening to relaxing music. Um... Maybe he's maybe he's got like some some anxiety issues or something. That would make sense. I mean, that's why. Uh, isn't that why Alex Ferguson used to chew gum? Uh, which I noticed that Ollie was doing today, which was okay. Because that that's isn't that like a nerves thing? Because there's certain managers that do actually have chewing gum and stuff. But I yeah, I just wonder why uh, or what what Carrick is listening to. Um, just curious about it. It's not important. It's not going to make us win or lose the game, but. Uh, yeah, interesting. So, and my other question: Why does Maguire keep bumping into Luke Shaw? It it happens a lot. It, hap- it happens a lot of time, and a lot of time I'll notice when we're defending or trying to defend in certain situations. Maguire is always standing right next to Luke Shaw, which explains why sometimes there's gaps left. Because I, I mean, usually I notice Shaw on the left actually sticking to his position on the left, but Maguire. If he's moving over to where Shaw is, because you are supposed to be somewhat separated so that you stay in your position. I understand if you're running over to cover a teammate or something, but it usually ends up just knocking into Luke Shaw, and uh, yeah, that's uh, weird as well. So there we go, there we go. Uh, let's get into player ratings. Who's my man of the match? Yeah, I know who my man of the match is. So, um, and uh, I'll, I'll be able to do some player ratings this time, unlike the disgraceful Liverpool game. So, uh, let's do some housekeeping first, let you know what else we've been up to in entertainment talk. And then we'll get into uh, the player ratings. See you in a minute. 
Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, right. right, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, yesterday me and Grey, uh, the return of Grey, which is great... Uh, did a TV talk that's episode 37 we both talked about Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist which I would absolutely recommend that you watch it's the best show on television right now and uh, probably the best show on TV since Breaking Bad's end in 2013 I think it's an incredible show Uh, you can find that currently the second season episodes are going out on all four and it's on NBC or was on NBC in the US so you can check that out talked about Apple TV's new show called Invasion which I'm really enjoying I'm I'm two episodes in there's been four released but they started off with a bunch of episodes so uh, I'm going to get caught up with that later but I really enjoyed that that's Apple TV Plus's new show excuse me called Invasion really enjoying that always talked about Good Girls my impressions so far of the fourth season which I've almost finished but not quite Emmy also did a lot of talk on their DC TV, so Flash, Legends, Supergirl, Titans, you know, all, all the different uh, 500 shows that they've got, so, or most of them at least, and just where we're at with those shows, why we're not quite enjoying so much of them, and comparing them a little bit to what uh, Marvel is very successfully doing with TV, so we talked about that, and, and a bunch more shows as well. <clears throat> Speaking of DC TV, we've wrapped up our podcast for Season 7. For Flash, that's up to season seven, episode eighteen. That will be, be that will be back. I think that's supposed to be back in November, but I'm not sure when uh, when exactly. So look out for that. The eighth season will start off with a five episode Armageddon crossover. So that's something to uh, to look forward to. 
Uh, over on the gaming talk side of things, I had some very, very exciting news this week. Not me personally, but I was excited by a piece of news. There's going to be a video game developed for A Quiet Place, which I'm very, very excited at the prospect of what that could be. Uh, CD Projekt Red gave some uh, updates regarding the next-gen versions of The Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk 2077. And we also talked about a transgender uh, developer for Guardians of the Galaxy, the recently released version and uh, she was very happy with the way that she received credit and the uh, timely manner of which she received credit for uh, for the game um so there's there's a lot of information to get into it, into that but you can listen to that on the uh, on the podcast so good stuff with that um Walking Dead World Beyond still continuing. Season 2, Episode 4 is the newest episode. We'll be covering Episode 5 next week, so we'll continue with that. Uh, American Horror Story. Did my uh, Season 1 review for American Horror Stories. You can find that on FX and Hulu in the US. And you can find it on Star via Disney+. Plus. Yes, I know it's weird. On uh, on Disney Plus in the UK, just under the Star brand as well. Which the the tenth season of American Horror Story is also going out weekly as well. There's been two episodes of that so far, but that's my first season review for American Horror Stories, which is the spin-off episodic anthology show instead of seasonal uh, anthology episodes. Of course, we've got the five uh, nil defeat podcast to Liverpool. Analyzing television episode 14, talk about the Netflix strategy, uh, the way they kind of go about dumping loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of television on their service, how they go about renewals, cancellations, promotions, those sorts of things, talk to digging into what Netflix is doing. Did a skip rating review for season 3 of Titans, that recently went out on HBO Max, and that's actually a spoiler free review that you can check out as well. Um, and that's pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much everything we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org. You can find us as well by searching for Entertainment Talk on your favourite podcast platform. Uh, I think I'll give the hair an average six this week. I think he did well with what he had to do, didn't have too much to do, because he had two buses and ten bricks in front of him, especially by the end of the game. Um... But yeah, averagely good game. Didn't need to pull off any crazy saves, not that I remember anyway. Um, and uh, just kind of did his job. So I uh, did pretty good. Uh, Lindelof, um, not as bad as usual. Um, again, he had... It, it, it's going to be... I, I found it difficult to judge the defenders this week because there's so many of them. So when you've got a back 8 or back 15 or something... Um, it's difficult to kind of judge more, and obviously this is like a new kind of formation. We're not used to seeing it, so it was different for me to kind of judge. Because if Lindelof or Maguire or Shaw or Varane or McTominay or Fred makes a mistake, there's still like six or seven other players there that can cover. So I'll give Lindelof a five. I thought it was fine. Uh, Varane I'll give probably a seven. I thought he was pretty good on his return. Actually, I'll give him an eight. Maguire I'll give... A five needs to stop bumping into Luke Shaw, so I'll give him a five as well. Wambasaka was better than usual. Um, I didn't expect him to be that good actually, because he's not really a wing back at all. Like Wambasaka is not an attacking defender; he's a defensive defender. Uh, I'll give Wambasaka a. Um, I'll give him a six. Thought it was pretty good. Thought it was pretty good. Um, McTominay and Fred, I'll give them both sixes as well. They were they're all right. Um, Sure, I'll give a uh, uh, tempted to give him extra points because Maguire keeps bumping into him. Anyway, um, I'll give him like a six or something as well. I thought there, I thought the defense was just fine, but again, it's a, it was a situation with this 
I was going to say episode this uh, this game where Tottenham have got what Lucas Kane and Son three players and sometimes the Celso the Celso didn't do too much when you've got three players attacking a back eight wait sorry a back seven originally back seven turns into a back eight um. How are you supposed to judge those seven players individually when they've got so much like cover? And in terms of a number situation, they're so comfortable in terms of numbers. It's it's just difficult to judge. So I, I, I was struggling to do that, but then I'm not used to seeing us play with a back five. So I just didn't really know what to make of it. But I don't like it though. I don't like it at all. I think it's a too, too much of a negative way to play. Uh... I think I, I did Freddie McTominay. Bruno given eight. I thought it was really good. Um, yeah, did a, did a, did some some really good work. Um, attempted to stay up front. It was almost like we had three strikers at some point. Uh, Ronaldo I'll give him a nine. Thought it was really good. Um, and Cavani's a nine with my uh, my man of the match. I thought he just stuck out a bit more again. But uh, the combination play between them three was really good. As I said to uh, Varon. Uh, I'm not quite sure where Varon has gone, by the way. Um, I see him around on Twitter and stuff. I think he's okay, but we just haven't really chatted too much. Um, one of the things I said to him, I think it was after the West Ham game, was the relationship between Bruno and Ronaldo is going to be very important for us this season. And I think that showcased again today for us, with the help of Cavani as well up front. So I just I just liked that. I liked that three, those three up front. Um... But I don't want us to start doing kind of what Liverpool do or what Chelsea do, which is where you start having uh, Ronaldo and Cavani drift wide and then have like Bruno as a false nine almost. I don't want us to do that because that's not the way that we should be playing football. Um, so yeah, because Liverpool do that in a four-three-three because uh, they have Firmino usually dropping as like a false nine and then Salah and Mane. Chelsea play with like a, was it five two three they use, and they have Lukaku in the middle. I don't think he plays as a, as a false nine. He's not really that type of striker. And then they usually have what Mount and uh, is it Ziyech Ziyech, and then Jorginho and uh, and Kante. But that clearly works quite well for them. Plus they've got actual attacking uh, wing backs in Reese James and uh, Chilwell, so that actually suits that quite well. Um, I saw a lot of people talking today, and this does make sense, if you have Tellez and Delo instead of Shaw and Wambasaka, because they are actually, like, attacking fullbacks, or, yeah, attacking wingbacks, fullbacks, whatever you want to call that, uh, so that makes more sense. Plus, you can get away with doing that, given the fact that you've still got five defenders, five people sitting back, which is Fred, McTominay, Maguire, Varane, and Lindelof, so you can get away with that, I suppose. But anyway, it... Going back to what I said before, I don't want, I don't want Oli to be making these decisions because I don't trust him anymore. Um, I haven't trusted him since. I haven't really trusted him since before the Wolves game. The Wolves game was just the one that tipped me over the edge, and that's where I firmly. I, I kind of said like, okay, he needs to go before that, but that was when I was like, okay, I, I've like had completely enough. Um, but it, I just, I find it really. Because Ollie, I don't think Ollie is on like Twitter or anything like that, but he must be aware of what's going on. And I don't know if he knows the formations that Conte uses. I, I'm not sure what Ollie knows exactly. He'd know something, of course. 
uh, given everything that's come out this week. I just find it really interesting from his side that his job is threatened with the arrival of Conte and he uses apparently the same formation that Conte uses. That can't be a... That's not a coincidence. Um, But it was just... One other thing I found really funny about Oli today as well is okay he needed to make some kind of change you don't you can't lose 5-0 to Liverpool and get embarrassed at Old Trafford and not make any change and some of that change I liked which was that the the two up front with the uh midfielder behind um but it's sort of it's funny because okay yeah you did do some change because you changed your formation but you still pick the majority of the players that you are your favorites Fred and McTominay um, and just in case anybody's not aware, anybody hasn't figured figured this out. Yeah, there will be rotation now and again. Pogba will play games. Donny won't really. Pog uh, and Matic will play some games. In terms of the first choice starting eleven, as long as Ollie is in charge of this team and Fred and McTominay are available, obviously if they're suspended or injured, you can't play them. Although he's started injured players before, so I guess you can throw that out the window. Unless they're actually suspended and not available to play like Pogba today. Fred and McTominay are a permanent midfield selection for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It does not matter how good or bad they play. Obviously if they're playing good then he's going to just pick them anyway. But even if they're still bad he's still just going to pick them anyway. If they're available to play or even not even fully fit but somewhat available. They are a permanent selection for Ole. And that's really frustrating because you've got to, if you're somebody like, let's use Matic and Donny as an example, not just Donny. If you're Matic and Donny and you've worked that, that out by now, what are you supposed to do about that? Um, like if you're Donny and you, let's just like stick to Donny for a minute. If you're Donny and you've worked out, okay, no matter what I do, no matter how good I play, if Fred and McTominay are available, he's picking them permanently in front of me. Doesn't matter how good he plays on the pitch. Doesn't matter what he does in training. They are getting permanently picked over me. And even even like Lingard as a midfield option uh, is like getting picked over me as well. So what what is Donny actually supposed to do about that? And to a to a lesser extent, but still valid extent, what is Matic supposed to do about that? Um, and we haven't really got other than Pogba who do who does get picked and sometimes gets pushed out to the left because of those two. Even Pogba clearly probably wants to more play in the midfield with a good uh, defensive midfielder next to him. What is Pogba supposed to do about that? Um, like, what do they actually? There's not. There's nothing they can do because it's, that's been going on for so long, and it's so obvious that Fred and McTominay are just a permanent selection. That what? What is? What are any of the players supposed to do that? Obviously, if you're like you know Ronaldo, you've not really got to worry about that. If you're Rashford or somebody, you've not really got to worry about that. Um. Yeah, just thought I'd uh, make that observation as well. It's not really an observation. It, it, it's quite clear. I just wanted to sort of mention it. So, again, I'll, I'll just say this one last time. I like this squad. It's got some problems. Obviously, the midfield's a bit of a problem. But you've got to change it and use other people. Try different things. I just want to see this squad being used with a new, fresh coaching staff and fresh manager with different ideas and push on from there. Because it feels very weird at the moment, being a Manchester United fan. <clears throat> like I, I, I've never felt this weird being a Manchester United fan of thinking, 
yeah, I want my team to win because I don't want them. I don't want them to get knocked out of every cup competition and start falling down the league table. But like, like I, I sort of like celebrated slightly when the goals went in. They were pretty good goals, but I shouldn't have been led to this point where I feel like that, where I'm not properly like I should be. Not like yelling at the top of my voice. I should be full on celebrating every single goal that Manchester United score. And maybe that's something that maybe that's a, a personal mistake that I've made that I'm not still in that mood. Um, it just doesn't feel right at the moment, you know. So, anyway, uh, anyway, let me know your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, whatever. Um, about everything. How do you feel watching the games at the moment? What do you feel in terms of you know Ollie still being there and and everything else? Uh, what do you think it will take him to get sacked? Because I I don't know what it will take him to take for uh, you know him to get sacked and everything. So uh, yeah, let me know your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments. Anyway, uh, Matthew at Entertainment Talk dot org, Twitter e Talk UK is the contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, two easier ways that you can get in touch as well, one of which uh, a lot of you seem to be using, which is good. Uh, if you look on the post for this website, if you scroll down past the episode, which I assume you've clicked play on that, uh, is a big email box. You put your your name, email, and message in there. It won't be sent to anybody else, just me, because it's only going to my email box. Nobody else will see your name or your email. Um, and you can put your message in there. That will get sent to me as well. You can also copy and paste or click on the actual email name. So Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org. And you can get in touch that way. Um, so uh, consider doing that as well. But let me know how you feel. It's it's a weird, weird time to be a Manchester United fan. But let me know how you feel. And uh, I mean there's not a lot we can do going forward. We can't like sack the manager. We're not in charge of the team. We can't change the team. We can just watch the games and make our uh, voices heard in some way, shape or form. Which I guess is what I'm trying to do. So let me know how you feel about this uh, weird situation. Really weird situation. So anyway, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org. TV, video games, films, Manchester United podcast. Check that out as well. Going to be be doing at least one episode after this that I record. Uh, Look out for that. That's going to be a review of something. To look out for that as well. Um, entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, you can find us as well on your favourite podcast platform. Search Entertainment Talk. Either subscribe to the main feed or the individual feeds. That's up to you. As long as you're getting the episodes from us that you want, that's what matters. Uh, word of mouth, you can, uh, or social media, you can tell other people about what we do and where they can find it. So either just tell them word of mouth or social media, Facebook, Twitter, or whatever you want to use. Uh, just let people know what we do and where they can find it. Uh, Patreon, $1, $3 tiers, ad-free podcast review options. Take a look at that as well if you'd like to, uh, if you want to do that. Uh, for your TV and your film news, if you want to ge- uh, if you want to keep up to date with all those, David's got you covered over on geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio. That's for your TV and your film news. Uh, Bex is still streaming very regularly over on Twitch. You can find her, Trista Bytes, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow over on Twitch. She's doing some really good stuff. You can also find me on Twitch as well, eTalkUK, for all my different video game streams. And you can find those streams posted later on YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks for listening, and I'll see your guests in a couple of days on Tuesday uh, for Atlanta, And then I think it's probably Saturday or Sunday for the... Uh, yes, it's it's half twelve on Saturday, the uh, Manchester Derby. And we'll see what Man City are uh, in the mood to do. Because... Uh, 
I guess I guess I guess I learned something new. Tottenham are much worse than I thought they were. So, uh, and Ollie likes to use lots of bricks and lots of, lots of buses. Um, I can't believe that substitution. Anyway, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs> Bring it on, Matic.